Hello and welcome to the Chris Wolf Podcast on iCode Media. For today's bonus episode, I wanted to cover some listener questions. So one of the questions that I received recently was, how do medical plans modify utilization of a particular medication uh, when it comes down to completing prior authorizations and determining which medications would be under a prior authorization? So typically insurance companies use a panel of experts, physicians, pharmacists, nurses, usually called a pharmacy and therapeutics committee or a P&T committee to make determinations about what medications will be on formulary. This group will meet regularly to discuss the safety and efficacy of different medications for different clinical situations. And these pricing decisions are not typically made by the group, but if multiple medications are similarly effective, but one medication is much more cost effective, then those two medications may end up in different tiers or one may end up requiring a prior authorization. It could also be the case that two medications are effective, but their cost is high and they both require a prior authorization. Another commonly asked question is, what place or position do prior authorizations play in an insurance company's ability to control costs? And so typically, they will modify utilization of medications by forcing doctors to jump through hoops in order to comfortably prescribe a medication. And from an optometry perspective, and specific to optometry, I suspect that the hoop of prior authorizations are enough not only to prevent successful fulfillment of the prescribed medication, but they're actually what over time will prevent the medication from being prescribed in the first place. So let me propose the following scenario. You prescribe a medication for a patient who has dry eye that is completely appropriate based on your clinical judgment and your clinical findings. You're busy seeing patients, but e-prescribe has made the process of sending medications much more seamless, so that doesn't take long, perhaps a minute of your time. Then you're on to the next patient, and about 30 minutes later, you get a fax from a pharmacy stating the medication you prescribe requires a prior authorization, and you need to visit a website or call a 1-800 number to provide additional information. When you do this, they're typically looking for the following specific information. One, has the medication worked for the patient in the past? Two, what was the diagnosis for which you're using that medication? Three, what testing have you done to support that diagnosis? And four, what other treatments have been tried and failed? And if you don't write many prescriptions, like the vast majority of optometrists, that's a topic for another podcast, but, um, and you don't have a mechanism in place for your staff to handle these prior authorizations, you may try and fumble, fumble through them, but if you don't know what information the insurance company is looking for, this process can be challenging and time-consuming. However, if you know how to complete a prior authorization process and you, assign, and you assign a staff member to perform that, it can really only take about a minute of their time. And over time, I think these cost controls and prior authorizations con controls uh, control utilization for many doctors because they think of prescribing that medication, that specific medication, they're immediately hit with the gut reaction of a painful prior authorization process. And so they'll look for other treatments or simply not address the condition in total in general. And so these mechanisms control costs directly by preventing unnecessary prescriptions from being filled, but also, I suspect, indirectly by deterring the physician writing the prescription in the first place. So what can doctors do to minimize claim denials or minimize the effect of prior authorizations having on your practice? My advice is 
to designate a staff member to handle prior authorizations, understand the diagnosis codes and clinical testing that support the prescription of medications that you're prescribing, and know the step therapy like artificial tears that have not helped the patient that the insurance companies like you to try prior to writing for a chronic medication prescription. If you found this episode valuable and you'd like to support your state association during COVID-19, check out iCode Clinical Update, where for every virtual CE event purchased between now and July 1st, iCode Education will write a check to your state association for 50 bucks. Join over 2,800 optometrists who have used an iCode course and visit iCodeEducation.com. That's E-Y-E-C-O-D-E Education.com or follow the links in today's show notes. If you want a deeper understanding of the appropriate use of billing and coding techniques, both now and with the future changes occurring in 2021, you can find my comprehensive of billing and coding course at icodeeducation.com as well. Additionally, please be sure to subscribe to the podcast, write a review, and share it with your friends. At iCode Media, we believe in advancing the optometric profession by diving deep into eye care topics and providing actionable steps for our listeners and subscribers. Have a great week. Talk to you soon.